Show. 
Lord Church. Amen. Anybody happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Let's stand to your feet. Let's usher in the presence of the Lord in this place. Worship and praise the Lord with us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus.
Hallelujah. Clap your hands, holy people. And shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you this morning, O God. We clap our hands, we worship you, we praise you because you are worthy to be praised. We ask you, Lord God, that you move upon us in a miraculous way this morning. Bless us individually and collectively, Lord God. Touch every person in this place this morning. Let your anointing flow through the service this morning. From the pulpit to the pew, Lord God. Bless every person. Have your way, Lord God. Move upon us as we continue to worship you in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, church. Let's just give the Lord another round of applause. This morning it's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Oh, <laughs> 
Him. You can lift up your hands and talk to your Father. Hallelujah, Jesus. We bless your name. We bless your name, Jesus. Hallelujah.
out the name. That wonderful name of Jesus. Whoa. I feel much better when I call that name. Bless his name this morning. We praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. A couple people still sleeping here this morning. It's all right. We're going to still have church this morning. Hallelujah. It's something about the name of Jesus. It's something about that name of Jesus. We bless your name. Something you gotta experience. <laughs> Hallelujah. I feel, I feel much better when I call. When I call your name. I'm alive when I call your name. When I call your name. There's no other name that's greater than When I call your name. When I call your name. When I call your name. Hallelujah. Let's call him by his name, everybody. Let's call him by his name, everybody. Let's call him by his name, everybody. There is salvation in the name of demons trembling in the name of. The Bible said there is no other name given under heaven among men whereby we must be saved but through the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I get happy when they call the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We worship you this morning, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, we bless your name. We give you glory and honor this morning. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, God, you're worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. That's all right, church. Let's just take a few more seconds and just give him some praise this morning. He is worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. We praise your name. We praise your name. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. The Lord bless you. Maybe seated if you can. Amen. Continue to worship the Lord while you're seated there. Amen. Don't stop praising God. There's something about praising the Lord. And when you praise Him with everything that you have, the Lord will bless you. The Lord will strengthen you. The Lord will keep you. The Lord will provide for you. Don't stop praising the name of our God this morning. He's worthy to be praised. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. There is such a spirit of worship in this place this morning. Amen. We want the Lord to have His uh, way in this place this morning. And we're going to take our liberty this morning. Amen. We're going to praise Him. We're going to praise Him. Amen. Just praise Him while you can. Amen. 
Amen. Praise God. We greet everyone this morning in the mighty name of Jesus, the name that sustains us, the name that gives us strength, the name that keeps us, the name that saves us from our sin. Amen. And it's in that name that we have power. Amen. Is that the name that we're not afraid to call. Amen. Because there's so much in that name when we call in that name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I get excited when I call the name of Jesus this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm not going to let nothing stop me from calling in the name of Jesus this morning. Amen. He has done so much for me. Hallelujah. Where if I can't tell it all. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Amen. We greet everyone this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Our online congregation, we greet you all in Jesus' name. Amen. We greet everyone here this morning. So glad that you all chose to be here this morning and take the time to be here this morning. We greatly appreciate it and I pray God bless you before you leave today. Amen. Don't be afraid if, if you're in the seat. In fact, if you have never received the Holy Ghost this morning and you just want to whisper the name of Jesus wherever you are, there's enough power in here this morning that can convince you, that can baptize you. In fact, if you want the Holy Ghost in the service, this morning, we're serving a God that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above that which we ask or think. So, so wherever you are this morning, just don't feel uh, that you want to keep in your shell. Get out of your shell, if you please. Amen. Worship the Lord. Amen. Sometimes we caught in our shell, and sometimes, you know, we just don't want to move because we, we think that if we try to crawl out of our shell, somebody may step on us, or something may step on us, or something may look on us the wrong way way. Amen. But get out of our shell this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. There's such a presence of the Lord in this place this morning. Amen. Amen. We want to thank you again for being here this morning. Amen. Oh, God. There's so much I want to say. Amen. But I won't say it. I'm just going to conserve what I have to say. Hopefully, Lord will continue to bless us, which I know he will. Amen. But God's been good to us, church. God's been good to us. Amen. Amen. Uh, you know, for most of you that know me, you know, I, 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 I praise God in the good time and in the bad time. I praise Him when things are not going well. You know, I, I'm not going to let nothing stop me from praising God. Tomorrow is not promised to me. You know, so if, 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 if it's now I can't praise Him, I'm going to give Him everything. Hallelujah. I'm excited this morning. I'm just excited in the Lord. God's been good. Amen. Everybody say, it's offering time. Come on. It's offering time. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. This is the, the, the time of the, the service when, you, you know, you get your blessing, if you please. Remember, we're trying to raise $1.7 million. Um, we're praying and hoping that the Lord will open the door for us. But we want you to give sacrificially. You know, if you if you plan to give a dollar this morning, give something more than just a dollar. You know, because the Bible says to ooh, much is given. You give in in multiple ways. God's opened up doors for you to bless in more than one way. Spiritually and financially. This is the time that we give back a little portion of what we have received during the course of this week or during the course of this month. 
If the God bless you, if the Lord bless you with a thousand dollars, you know, you feel free to give a thousand dollars. The Lord will triple that thousand dollars that you have given. Amen. Because I've proven so many times and he have opened up doors for me. Amen. So give a good offering this morning. Um, give unto a building fund. Amen. If you want to give online, you can go to www.myccc.faith. If you want to go to PayPal, it's at Christ Center Church. Um, and if you want to give to Cash App, it's the dollar sign CCC2711. Those are the way online you can give. And if you want to give, if you're in the congregation this morning, Brother Jordan is over there at the booth, so you can see Brother Jordan will take your lecture payment and we're going to have our ushers we're going to invite our ushers if they can come at this time we have one in the middle we have two in the front feel free and give generously this morning amen give unto the lord this morning we're going to invite you to stand with us one more time as we pray this morning amen oh hallelujah praise your name this morning Amen. Bow your heads with us this morning. Father God, we love you. We thank you for what we already felt in this place, O oh God, as we are about to receive this morning's offering. We ask your blessing upon every giver, those who have to give, those who have not likewise, make a way that they too can be, O oh God, inherit your blessing, Lord God. We ask you to bless the remaining portion of the service, O oh God. We ask that your blessing will flow, Lord God, upon our pastor as he come to deliver the words this morning and everything that will be said from this point onward, oh God, you are blessed, oh God. We pray that if there's someone in the congregation this morning that is ready to give their life to you, ready to get baptized in your name, ready to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, oh God, they are at the right place at the right time. And I pray this morning that someone, somewhere will open their hearts and their mind and receive you unto themselves this morning. Lord God, we give you glory and all the honor as we continue to worship you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Everybody said amen. Everybody said amen. Hallelujah. Continue to worship the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus.
Come on, if you believe your help coming from Jesus, why don't you worship him this morning? Why don't you thank him right now to say, Lord, I thank you for all you've done. I look forward to all the great things you will do. My help coming from the Lord. My help coming from the Lord. My help coming from the Lord. Your help coming from the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a good thought. What a wonderful thought to know that the help that you need is not coming from a person that is flawed, a person that can forget, a person that might just have a bad moment. And so they are not the ones we're counting on for help, but it's the one who is flawless. It's the one who is omniscient. It's the one who is sovereign. It's the one who can't make mistakes. It's the one that is always existing. He can never leave us nor forsake us. That's the one who our help comes from. Oh, God, thank you. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If our if our if if this room was a a ship, we'll be tilted, boy. We'll we'll be in trouble. Water might be coming in on this side. <laughs> uh, I greet you all in the wonderful name of Jesus. So glad that you're here. Amen. God has brought us to this place this morning, and however you arrived here. It was orchestrated by the Lord. And so sometimes things happen and, you know, we like to say, you know, they're coincidence or, you know, it's probably just happenstance and, you know, all of these different things that we've come to say. But when you're talking about a God that is purposeful in everything that he does and nothing is by coincidence and nothing is by happenstance, he's purposeful in everything that he does. You're here this morning because he intended for you to be here. Hallelujah. God can orchestrate everything and do all that he wants to do. But the one thing he left up to you was for you to decide. Was for you to choose. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, he is so awesome that he will make a way for you to hear his word. He can't make a way for you to choose to obey his word. That's interesting, right? No matter, no matter what, he will make a way for you to hear his word. Because the Bible calls him just. And he can't be just if he didn't give you an opportunity to get saved and then you never get saved. So he's always going to give you the opportunities to get saved. But it will be squarely on your shoulders to make that decision to be saved. That responsibility he left to us. Amen. We have some guests with us this morning, and we are just so grateful that our guests came, and we are thankful, and amen, you are just so special to us, and so we welcome you to Christ Center Church. If we can just get you to raise your hand, Bernard, Bernard Palmer, Bernard, Bernard. God bless you, Bernard. Coming from Browns Mill. Amen. Nice to have you this morning. We appreciate you coming and being here. You're looking pretty sharp there, brother. Appreciate you being here. Hallelujah. We welcome you to Christ-centered church. And uh, 
we can go in two ways with this. But since it's Sister Sylvia's guest, I'm going to say Devin. Where's Devin? Yeah, you Sylvia's guest, I'm going to say Devin. If you was, if you was, Darren? It's, a, it's like a V now. You're getting fancy you're writing. So it's an R. All right, I thought it was D-E-V-O-N. D-E-R-O-N. Darren. All right, Darren. All right, I can't mess this one up. Alexander. Yes, sir. All right, Alexander. Can't mess that one up. We welcome both of you to Christ Center Church. We're so glad you came to be with us. And uh, whatever we can do, Devin, Devin, once, 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 you get, once you go down the road, man, boy, it's so hard. I'm getting ready to tell you about that road once you go down the road. Darren and Alexander and Bernard, I am so grateful that you came to be with us this morning at Christ Center Church. And we welcome you. And whatever we can do to help you in your walk in Christ, to help you get a better relationship in Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to ask us. We're here for you, and we welcome you. Thanks for coming. Amen. Yesterday we made history in our church. Um, For those of you that don't know, we will make this real clear uh, for you in a little bit. But we had what we call our leadership launch for our stewardship campaign. We had it right here yesterday at 5 p.m. We had a wonderful service. Man, the, the hearts and the spirit of everyone was just so great and wonderful. And God has got great things in store for us. And so... Um, we're in this, uh, we do two services here on Sunday mornings, um, and we're in this little place, and um, we will not be able to stay in this little place if we plan to reach our family, our friends, our loved ones, our co-workers, our classmates, our neighbors. We, we, we will not be able to stay in this place and reach them. If not, we would just need about, you know, 15 services every Sunday or something like that. <laughs> So, so, so we're not able to do that. So we have been looking for a property in Hamilton and, you know, we've, we've got a good understanding that what we need is about 17,000 square feet. And in order for us to acquire 17,000 square feet, it's going to be no cheaper than $1.7 million. And that's not even counting outfitting the place once you get it. Um, uh, it's not easy to get a church building in places like this because they, there are rules that set up for, um, townships, you know, houses of worship, businesses, neighborhoods. So every piece of land that you see in townships, um, they're designated to, for you to build specific things on it. And if you try to go through Hamilton to try to get a piece of land to build anything, it will not be available to build churches businesses, homes, and all of that, but not churches. And so even when you find a building and you say, I want to have a church there, they said, Mm-mm, it's not zoned for church. So you have to apply for rezoning to get it zoned for a church. So all of those things are going on and we're trying to do our best to get a home for us to house, um, you know, the folks that God wants to save. And so we have some plans in the works, but it's going to take some people that will join into our spiritual journey to help to reach. And yesterday our leaders came together and we laid out the plan of what we're doing to make sure we fulfill that destiny that God has called us to. And so it was a wonderful time. We had a great time and God really touched us and we look forward on September 25th. Mark this down, save the date as the young people like to say, September 25th. At 12 noon, we will be at the Princeton Marriott in Forstall. 
um, over there, we're going to do what we call the public launch. So yesterday was the leadership launch. So all the leaders came together and we laid out the plan, talked about the plan. And now the 25th of September, we will do the same for every person that is a part of our congregation. And we hope that you will be there. Um, It doesn't cost you anything. We hope to have something to feed you, something to feed you. Um, uh, The environment, we took it to the Marriott, obviously, because we want everybody to be there at the same time. We don't want to have two and three different meetings to say, here's the plan. We just want to have one meeting to say, here's the plan. So we went to the Marriott where all of us will be able to fit as we do our public launch. So we look forward to seeing all of you there. Um, if you know someone that wants to join in, in our spiritual journey, bring them with you. We will be sending out um, invitations to you. Um, some will come electronically. Some will come um, a physical, um, actual um, invitation. And um, we want you to respond that you will be attending because obviously we want to plan for how many people will be there. So we need to have a count to know how many people will be there. So we hope you can make it at September 25th at 12 noon. We figured 12 noon was probably going to be the best time for Saturday. Some people like to wake up on Saturdays a little later if they don't work on the weekends or they do chores. And so we figure, why not give you a little bit of lunchtime and, you know, give you a little bit of lunch with some, you know, the word of God and, you know, some good time and let you out of there probably by, you know, two or something like that. And, you know, you can go on and finish up your Saturday. So that's why we kind of landed it there. It seemed like the best possible time. But we are looking forward to that. So we thank you in advance for being there. But this morning, I've got a word for you from the word of God. And hopefully God will speak to your heart and you will make a decision today to let God have his way in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, We welcome all of our um, online congregation. We have folks in Florida and in New York and in um, multiple places in Florida, in Jamaica, in Canada. Um, and so we have people all across or all around the globe, I should say, um, that have joined in and is a part of Christ Center Church. And we are so grateful for that. Amen. If you will stand with me and um, we're going to turn our Bibles for some of you, you can just look on to the screen. And for some of you, you might want to use your smart device. Um, and for those of you that are old school that like to have your Bible and go in your Bible, then turn to Esther, Esther chapter 4. Amen. Esther chapter 4. Hallelujah. Why do I feel like I need to tell you something that I'm not remembering? <laughs> That's not good, is it? Well, this is my one, two, three, four. This is my fifth sermon that I've preached since Thursday. Back to back to back to back to back. So my voice is not as strong as I want it to. And those of you that know that I like to talk loud. I can't talk loud today. I'll do my best. I'll see what happens. But man, I feel like I'm handicapped. I can't talk as loud as I like to talk. <laughs> I, I wish I can communicate it through you, Truby. <laughs> you know, I speak and your voice says the word. <laughs> oh, my God. Amen. Esther chapter 4, 
Amen. Esther chapter 4. I guess whatever I forgot, none of you are reminding me, so I guess I just need to move on. That's why I'm, you know, I'm stalling here. Esther chapter 4. What did you forget? What did you forget? Esther chapter 4. What did you forget? Well, I guess it's, I guess it's not that important if I can't come up with it, and you're not reminding me of it, so we'll just go to Esther chapter 4. <laughs> no, no, I got the, I'm glad you think about the lunch, too. I got the lunch part, you know. It's not real good lunch, Chuby, just enough to make you, you know, feel good. You know what I mean? Because I know, you know, especially with foreigners, you know, I know we've got a few foreigners in here. And foreigners, when you think lunch, they think real hot food, you know, you know, knife and fork. And I don't want to go down that road with you because we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Our Christmas banquet is Christmas 24th. It's December 24th, sorry. Our Christmas banquet is December 24th at that same Marriott. You will have... You will have three forks and two knives and, a, and two spoons then. So you don't have to worry about that good eating. Trust me, you come to our Christmas banquet December 24th, three forks, two spoons, two knives. That just tell you what the courses are. You know, it just give you an idea that you're going to be eating for a while. That's then. But, but the 25th of September, different ballgame. <laughs> Won't be strong lunch like that, too. But you'll, you know, you won't leave hungry. You know, you might still can leave and, you know, go and eat something, but you won't be hungry. Esther chapter 4, verse number 13. Then Mordecai told them to return this answer to Esther. Do not flatter. I'm sorry. I should have done this. I like to read from the King James Version, but I wanted to read this portion of text from the amplified version because I wanted it to be really clear to you. And if you had read this in the King James, you might ask yourself a couple of questions while you're reading. Oh, what does that mean? So I'm giving it to you amplified version just to be clear so you know exactly what the scripture is trying to communicate to us. So I'll start again. Then Mordecai told them to return this answer to Esther. Do not flatter yourself that you shall escape in the king's palace anymore than all the other Jews. For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance shall arise for the Jews from elsewhere. But you and your father's house will perish. And who knows, but that you have come to this kingdom or to the kingdom for such a time as this and for this very occasion. Then Esther told them to give this answer to Mordecai. Go, gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, and fast for me, and neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. I also and my maids will fast as you do. Then I will go to the king, thou, though it is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. Now, if you go and read Esther, there's a lot going on. You got to start in the earlier text, you know, chapter one and read through it to get the whole story of it. But hopefully I can do it some justice by communicating to you some of the real important portions of the scripture in Esther and what it means. Today, I want to talk to you on this topic, divine purpose, divine purpose. I want you to understand the book of Esther, how 
um, it's set up and what the theme is behind that. And I think more than anything else, you get to understand divine purpose. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for the gathering of the people of God. And, oh, God, we pray that we will not just be hearers today of your word, but we will become doers as well as hearers. I pray, oh, God, that every person in this room will respond to the word of God and allow you to work your divine purpose in their life. Lord, let none of us leave this place the same way we came in. I know, Lord, that we are supposed to choose and obey on our own behalf. But, Lord, will you do all that you can to influence, to inspire us, to choose the ways of God, that our life, Lord God, will be exactly what you designed it to be. I pray the blessings of the Lord upon your people today. Touch their hearing that they will hear clearly, their mind that they will understand. And I pray, O oh God, that you'll anoint me and allow me to speak as your oracle. Allow us to be in the flow of your spirit and let your will be done. We pray and ask you these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. I appreciate this church. Listen, yesterday I went to preach for a men's conference. And it's interesting as I live for God, different things happen in my life. And so if I was supposed to begin to tell you titles in my life, then you'll say, oh, he may be a little bit important. But I'm just so far away from those things that I can't get myself to start getting into titles, right? And so they, they started naming all the titles. I said, oh, that's interesting. I didn't think about that. All right, whatever. But the core of who I am, I like to serve people. <laughs> that's that's who I'm at. That's who I am at heart. I just just what I take pleasure in is serving people. And when I get served, I don't know what's wrong with me. I got it. I, it, it just it boggles my mind. Like, is this for me? Is this OK? What are you doing? Like, I'm supposed to do this. So pray for me about that, because I just like to serve you. And when you do anything for me, I'm just like, is that OK? You know, shouldn't I be doing this for you? So I appreciate the team. It's crazy. I would have never guessed I would have had some tea. Because when you don't think like that, you think, I got to help the people. I got to serve them. And then, you know, they do something nice for you. You're just like, oh. So that's my issue. I just like to serve. Divine purpose. Divine purpose. Have you ever experienced, I, I know some of us in here have experienced this, where sometimes you don't really assess a thing real deeply and you go and you make certain decisions you do certain things and it seemed like as soon as you do this one thing everything else start to go wrong it, it just started a chain of if you want to call it reaction or actions that things just continue to go wrong because you did one wrong thing and it just keeps spiraling and spiraling, and you're like, my goodness, can I get this thing corrected? Is this ever going to change? And before you know it, it's your whole life that's going in a wrong direction, all because you did one wrong thing. And you even probably think in your mind, like, listen, nobody is perfect. Everybody makes mistakes. But why 
is this one thing that I've done wrong just seems to be making a mess in my life. And you deal with that for a good amount of time. And you're wondering, am I ever going to get past this? Is my life ever going to change and go in a different direction? Because the direction that I wanted to go, I don't feel like it's going because this one wrong thing that I've done is just setting me back for just ages. There's some people that have been there. Yesterday at the men's um, conference, we had two men testify, and both of them testified about making a bad decision with drugs, and before you know it, drugs had consumed them. I remember when uh, crack cocaine or love boat came out, and they used to say love boat used to make you take your clothes off and run the street naked. And they said, crack cocaine, once you try it, you can't stop using it. And it really seemed that way because there was a lot of addicts that was addicted to crack cocaine or addicted to Love Boat. And they just, you're wondering why they couldn't kick it. And so I made a decision. I'm not touching that. Anything that could do that to you. And I wasn't a Christian. So it wasn't because I was safe, sanctified. It was just that I just like. Anything that can do something like that, I am not trying to touch that because I don't know if I'm going to be able to withstand or I'm going to be one running around naked with my clothes off, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> or, or I'm going to be the one smoking all the time, stealing people's stuff, talking about, you want to buy this? So just like, I, I, hey, hey, I didn't know if that could have happened to me by trying it, so I never touched it. But there's a lot of people that can testify to touching that stuff, and they're still today trying to get their life in order. Now we're talking about, what, the late 80s, early 90s. They're still trying to recover from that. So one wrong move can send your life in a downward spiral that is so out of control that you're like, am I ever going to get this together? And it's not always drugs. It could be other things that you have done, and you didn't expect it to just took you down like that, but it took you down, and you're trying to get back. You're trying to get it together. But I've got good news for you this morning. Because it was one wrong thing that caused your life to go sideways or downwards. The good news is this. It only requires one good thing. To cause your life to start going upwards. So even though you might feel like the situation has just been unbearable, the situation has just been so bad, and I can't seem to correct it, even though you might feel like that, it only takes one good decision to change it and turn it all around. So be encouraged this morning. And not think that whatever you're dealing with or whatever you're going with, that it has to be that way forever. No, it does not. We sing the song this morning, or he played the song this morning, my help coming from the Lord. And the bottom line is, your help coming from the Lord. 
And maybe we have been looking for help in all the wrong places while we're still in our situations. Maybe we have sought the wrong people and the wrong method to get our situation corrected. And that's why we're still in the same situation. But I'm telling you, the God that we serve right now, his name is Jesus. And he is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. And guess what? He knows just how to solve your situation. He knows just how to turn your situation around. So maybe you need to just look to Jesus and say, Lord, I've tried everything, but today I'm going to try you. I read in my Bible so often about people who have tried. I don't know if you know the Bible um, uh, uh, in, in, in the scripture that talked about where this woman had an issue of blood. She was bleeding nonstop and she spent all her savings and went to many doctors and went everywhere she could to try to get healed and she could not. And when she heard that Jesus was a healer, she showed up where he was. And when she showed up where he was, guess what? There was a crowd. And so she knew what she came for. I wish, hey, I, I wish we can really approach Jesus like she approached Jesus. She knew exactly what she had come for. And because she knew exactly what she had come for, when the crowd came, it did not stop her from getting what she came for. Rosalie, when she showed up, she knew she had a problem. She knew she had spent all her savings and everything like that. And she's like, I am not going home without what I came for. Church, when are we going to show up in this building? When are we going to show up in church and says, I'm not going home until I get what I came for. What, what y'all have going on here? All right, because we're in church here. Make sure you're doing what you I don't need all of that stuff going on here. Get it together. People come here for their life to be turned around. People come here for things to get better for them. This is why we show up here. We show up for our life to get better. We show up for situation to turn around. We show up that we may come to know Jesus. We show up that we will get divine purpose to begin to move in our lives so we can move forward. That's why we're here. We're not just here to feel good. Yes, do we get to feel good? We do. But that's not the main purpose. We're here to get things done. Because only Jesus can fix it, and when he fix it, it is fixed. And so, this woman, Esther, can I tell you real quick about this woman? This woman, Esther, became queen, but she never came from a royal family. You know? Sometimes the devil will come and whisper in your ears and tell you you're not qualified. Sometimes the devil will come and whisper in your ears and tell you, listen, if, 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 if you came from that family or if your life wouldn't have been like that, then you would have been better off. But I'm here to tell you this morning that Esther, mom and dad died while she was a young girl. Esther was raised by her cousin, who was the male, Mordecai. 
And it's interesting. I start thinking about, you know, we don't dig deep into stuff. We just take it surface. But we got to go a little deeper than that. So just think as a young girl, your mom and dad died and your cousin, who is a male, is raising you. And just start to begin to think if you knew how to comb hair or not. Just begin to start thinking, do you know how to cook or do he know how to cook? How you eat? What kind of food are you eating? When it's time to hang out, where do you all go? Cousin Mordecai, Esther. What's up with that? What kind of life will you be living? And I don't think it's no grandiosa life. I think it's just surviving life. And that's how Esther was raised. And so one day, word went out from the palace that the king was seeking new queen. And so they got all the young girls together and said, y'all need to go present yourself to the king because maybe he'll choose you to be queen. Now, the land that they were in were not predominantly Jewish. And so you got a few, you know, most of the people that's going are from that land. And then here you have Esther, who is a Jew. And so Mordecai, the cousin, hey, I think maybe this is our break. Maybe our life can change. Maybe things can turn around for us. So here's what I need for you to do. I'm going to take you on the compounds of the king and let you be one of the girls that will present to him and he will decide who will be queen. So Mordecai said, you cool with that? Because you're, you're, you're my ticket out of here. I put all my heart and soul into raising you and we still don't have nothing. But if you become something in the palace, then we will have something. So guess what, Esther? I need you to go there and let them take your business. And so she went in and they showed all the women. Uh, they, you know, they, they got them all pretty up for the king and all of this stuff. And so they're all smelling good, all looking good. And so they let them all, you know, first they walked before the, the king's servants. And the king's servants started having favor with Esther and said, she's special. There's something about her. We like her. And so it turns out that they told all the other young girls, y'all go home. We're keeping Esther. And they let Esther go before the king. And the king just fell head over heels for Esther. And so now he chose Esther to be his queen. And now Esther is in the palace. She went from no mom, no dad, cousin raising her. He don't even know what to do. Can't comb the hair. The food is bland. It ain't no good because he can barely cook. But they survived. And now, and now she is in the palace. So now we pick up Queen Esther in the palace. And she just enjoying all of the goodness of the palace. But then her cousin, he's a man of God. And you had this guy that worked for the king named Haman. And he was kind of dirty. He did people wrong. He wanted to be somebody. And so when they elevated him to somebody, he looked down on people. Who do you think you are? And so Haman finally got promoted by the king. And whenever he walked around, 
people would bow because he came from the king. But Mordecai knew he didn't bow to nobody but Jesus. Mordecai said, I only bow to my God. I ain't bowing to no man. And so every time Haman come around, people bow. But Mordecai wouldn't bow. So finally somebody elbowed Haman and says, yo, man, that dude, Mordecai, he a Jew. He don't want to bow. What's up with him? We should, we, we should, we should, you know, straighten him out. And so Haman finally says, you know what? You're right. Haman went to the king and sought for a decree for Mordecai, who was a Jew, and all the Jews in Shushan to be destroyed, to be put to death, all because Mordecai didn't bow to him. And so the decree went out. But Esther's in the palace, so it doesn't concern her. This is where we are in the story. And so the decree is out. But all along, God had a plan. All along, with Esther's life the way it went. You know, sometimes we think that the way our life is going, there's no way God is involved in my life. But I'm here to tell you this morning, you might not understand why your life is the way it is, but God is certainly in it. If you will trust God and you will understand that God has a divine purpose for your life and in order for that divine purpose to be fulfilled in your life, some of the things that's happening in your life has to happen. Because what you don't realize, which is what I'm worried about, let you in a secret. My older children, they didn't have to deal with the streets. They didn't. But they still had a rougher life than the younger ones. And I'm worried that my younger ones, I'm going to have to do something about it, ain't never experienced no difficulties. Because when they don't experience any difficulties, when difficulty come, they whine and complain instead of man up or woman up and deal with it. And I'm concerned about that. So don't despise whatever's going on in your life that you said, man, you know, this was hard and I had to struggle to do this and nobody helped me with this. And this happened to me and that happened to me. Don't you despise that. God has a divine purpose. You just have to trust that and keep seeking after God. So God was behind Esther getting into the palace. Can I tell you this? The solution for your problem is already in place before your problem ever existed. (laughs) The solution for your problems, the solution for your problems are already in existence, already in place before your problems ever existed. You don't believe that, huh? Whatever problems you have, there is already a solution in place for that problem. That's why you don't have to worry and you don't have to fret. That's why you don't have to get yourself all worked up. That's why when you have a hard situation, you don't have to worry about how is this going to get done. You know how it's going to get done? The solution was already in place before that problem ever existed. 
Don't you forget that. Somebody in here got a little anxiety. Somebody in here is concerned about some some stuff. And you're hearing me. But I want to get this into you. It doesn't matter how difficult the situation you're facing. It doesn't matter how bad the problem is. <laughs> I'm here to tell you this morning that the solution is already in place. And all you have to do is seek God. Because God has a divine purpose for your life. And all that is happening in your life is for God's divine purpose to be manifested in your life. When Esther was made queen, the problem which eventually existed, which was for them to kill all the Jews, that hadn't happened yet. Esther was in the palace, living large, enjoying life, but the problem did not yet exist. Then eventually, the problem existed. But guess what? The solution was already in place. The solution was already in place when that problem existed because God knows everything. God is omniscient and that means that he's all-knowing. He knows everything that will and could happen. God is all-knowing. So he knows the problems that will come your way before they even bubbled up to the top. Mm-hmm. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. The solution for your problem is already in place. I don't care if it's a financial problem. The solution is already in place. I don't care if it's a marriage problem. The solution is already in place. I don't care if it's a situation with your children. The solution is already in place. I don't care if it's family problems. The solution is already in place. The worst thing you can do as an individual is have a problem and just give up and say, this ain't never going to get any better. This ain't never going to change. I'm never going to be. I'm never going to elevate. The worst thing you can do is declare what will never be done because the solution to your problem is already in place. So why say you would never, you would never, when the solution is already in place? Even for your future problems. Even for the problems that will happen later on down the road. The solution is already in place. So even the ones that haven't popped up yet, the solution is already in place. God was the one who made the way for Esther to become queen and occupy the palace. He is the one who orders solutions for our situations. So the solutions are coming from God. It's not coming from you. It's not coming from me. It's coming from God. That's where the solution is coming from. It's coming from God. 
We must not forget that God is the only one who can save us from destruction, who can save us from our sins. We are looking for answers in all the wrong places because the only place we should look for our solutions and answers is Jesus Christ. And let me just slip this in real quick. Jesus Christ is God. You can't order God. He's not God if you ordered him. He is just a, a, a whatever you want to call him. If you can go to God and tell him what to do, he ain't God. And I have to say that to you because what is happening a lot is, I'm telling you, your solution is already in place. And what happens is, your first go around to go to God, when he doesn't do it, you... I thought the preacher said, see, that's what I'm talking about. That, that's what I'm talking about. Well, you ain't God. You got to wait. Just like when you go to DMV. You go to DMV and you got to wait in that long line. And then when you go to Jesus and he don't respond right away, you mad. How does that work? Man, God's going to get us for some silly stuff we do. We get mad because he won't answer us right away. We get mad because he won't work it out right away and, and walk away from him. But we stay in that DMV line. <laughs> Rosalie, we stay in the DMV line. And you know, nowadays the DMV lines are terrible, man. My license expires in, in I think, uh, February of 2022, and I'm dreading it. I'm like, yo, I got it, I got it. So I'm trying to, every once in a while I drive by DMV now to kind of figure out which days the lines are lighter. You all crazy. I'm always planning. I'm always scheming. And so I know 2022, my license is expired. So, okay, okay, okay. It's not a bad day. And I'll just drive by another day. Mm, nah, don't go on a Monday. <laughs> don't go on a Monday. <laughs> You can make an appointment, Stace? I don't know about that. I think you got to wait no matter what. Yeah, but don't you want, if you mail it, you get your pictures on it? You still do it? I don't trust it because I'm going to tell you, when, when the pandemic first started, I mailed in for my registration. Never got it back. I had to go online to get my registration. And then I got it probably in a couple of weeks because that's when they finally worked out the kinks. I was in the middle, you know, like the strong part of the pandemic is when I was trying to, you know, do the whole mail-in. That stuff didn't work. I had to go online and then apply for my registration, and then it came. I'm just like, I can't keep up with this stuff, man. Because no matter what, you're going to have to wait. My point, don't miss it. My point is not DMV. <laughs> my point is... Don't you be a hypocrite and you wait in lines for so many other things. And when you go to God for God to do something for you and he doesn't do it right away, you get frustrated with God and walk away from him. That's my point. I want you to realize that God is God and he knows just when to bring the solution into fruition. He knows just when to work out your situation. He knows just when to get it done. Not when you think he should do it. That's part of the goodness about God because he knows. Do you know sometimes God allow you? Let me talk to myself some, uh, right now. Wayne, do you know sometimes God allow you to get stuck behind somebody that's driving slow so you will miss that accident up ahead? 
but you steady Wayne trying to get there. Hell, I only got about 15 minutes. I need to get there. And, and this dude is in front of me and God is slowing you down. So you miss that accident ahead. But you want to be God and tell him when to do stuff. Don't tell God when to do nothing. He's got a divine purpose for you. He's got a divine purpose for this world, and he will execute it in his time, not your time. So be patient when you go to him, when you bring your problems, when you bring your brokenness, when you bring all that you bring to him and say, God, I need your help. He will help you. Just allow him to do it on his terms. Let him do it on his terms, not on your terms. Listen to me. Our salvation comes with a lot of great things. When you get saved, I can't tell you, church. I say this ever so often. When I got saved, I was not in a bad situation. I wasn't struggling with something, and then, you know, I got to go to God. When I got saved, I thought I had life by the tail. I was rolling. But I still knew I needed God. I was living good, driving good, money in the bank, money in the pocket, wasn't struggling with nothing, but I still knew I needed God. And so when you get saved, there are some great benefits that comes with being saved. This is why we get saved, great benefits that come with being saved. What are some of the benefits that comes with being saved, church? Some of the benefits that come with being saved is, first of all, there's a great inheritance stored up for you. The second thing you can think about is wonderful provisions while you're here on earth living out your salvation. Other things that will happen is you will have great opportunities. You will have favor that other people don't have. You will be protected from danger and harm. And guess what? You will have a lifestyle of royalty if you really want it. Some people don't want the royalty lifestyle, but unfortunately it comes with your salvation. So when you get saved, there's some really excellent, wonderful, godly things that comes with your salvation that you can just enjoy and relish in. But, somebody say but. But what also comes with your salvation is responsibility, accountability, and authority. Mm, Help me in here this morning, church. When we get saved, there are some wonderful things that comes with it. And we can walk around feeling good. I'm saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled with Jesus on my side. Guess what? Favor. Guess what? Protection. Guess what? I've got an inheritance. Guess what? I've got health and strength. Guess what? I've got all this stuff that comes. And I am royalty because I'm saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized with Jesus on my side. That is what you get when you're walking in your salvation. But you're also having to understand that you have a responsibility when you become saved. You have to be accountable when you become saved. And God gives you authority when you become saved. So you are now a person that have to walk in those responsibilities and accountabilities and authority. When Esther, watch this. Let me prove it to you. When Esther was brought into the palace and made queen, she was blessed with favor. She was blessed 
with royalty. She will bless with opportunities. She inherited riches. And guess what? She enjoyed the finest things in life. But guess what? She assumed responsibility. She assumed accountability. And she had authority. Why do you think her cousin came to her and said, Hey, yes, they're getting ready to kill all the Jews. Why would, Mal- why would Mordecai come to her and tell her all that he told her if she didn't have responsibility, if she wasn't accountable, or she didn't have authority? He went to her because she had those things. So along with all the goodness that came with her being in the palace, she had responsibilities. She had authority, and she had to be accountable. You still want to be saved? You still want to be saved? You still want to be saved? Because a lot of people want to be saved and all they want is the favor. They want to be saved and all they want is, 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 is the, uh, 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 the blessings, the, 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 the provisions and the protection and, you know, the inheritance. They want all of that when they're saved, but they don't want to be accountable. They don't want to be responsible. And they don't want to have no authority for nothing. Leave me alone. Let me enjoy my life. Just let me wait for Jesus to come back. I'm good. Esther could have said that. When Mordecai sent the message to Esther to say, hey, girl, cousin Mordecai here, they try to kill all of us, and you one of us, so don't act like you're not one of us. I know you're sitting in the palace, living large, eating with gold, silverware, but guess what? You one of us. So you need to do something about this. You see how God show us in the natural? How it works so we understand the spiritual, that as a Christian, yes, there is a lot of great blessings and wonderful things that comes with it. But you're going to have to be accountable. You're going to have to be responsible. You're going to have to exercise the authority that God has given you. You can't escape it. A lot of people don't want that. And so Esther now had to be responsible. As a Christian, listen to me, if you neglect to be responsible, accountable, and authoritative, you will forfeit or lose your salvation. That's where there's some confusion, and that's where people are losing out, and that's probably where the argument is in our Christianity. Is people want to be born again, saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost still? but still want to live the way they want to live. That's not the way it works. Can you imagine? I'm going to go smaller scale for us. When you became a parent, can you imagine if you just kept on doing whatever you want and just ignore being a parent? It's joy to be a parent. It's joy to to be the mother or father of a child and to take care of them. A lot of great things come with that. But responsibility comes with that. But accountability comes with that. What, do you not come home? But authority comes with that. You can't do that. So if that comes with being a parent, who's the ultimate parent? (laughs) 
We can dress things up in our mind all we want and we can pretend all we want. But if we want to get real, we will realize if we're going to get saved, we're going to have to do it the way God says. And we're going to have to be accountable to him. We're going to be we're going to have to be responsible as a Christian. And we're going to have to utilize the authority that he has placed in our life as Christians. We can't get around it. And if we fail to do those things, we forfeit our salvation. Because it comes with something. Who getting something that's worth anything for nothing? Who gets that? Who receive anything that's worth anything and they don't have to give nothing? Nobody hands up? But we, but somehow, Brother D, we want to do that for salvation. Just give me, give me, give me. My name is Jimmy and I'm good. I'm not doing nothing. Just give me, give me, give me. Esther in, in verse 14, chapter 4, we read it earlier. It says, for if you keep silent, this is what her cousin Mordecai said to her. For if you keep silent at this time, somebody say this time, relief and deliverance shall arise for the Jews from elsewhere. But you and your father's house will perish. Church, God has a divine purpose and he included you in it. And the time will come when you have to do your part. And if you decide that you will not do your part, you're going to lose out on your salvation. You're going to lose out on what God has in store for you because God is not giving you a free ride to get to heaven. We're all on his team and we all have a responsibility. We all have a divine purpose as part of the team. And God is not going to let any one of us get out of, get out of our responsibility. It don't work that way. So Malachi is showing us some, Mordecai is showing us something here in the scripture where he said to Esther, you, you go ahead and be crazy if you want, Esther, and not do what you're supposed to do at this time. Because if you don't do it, guess what? You ready for it? Mordecai says, oh, trust me, God will figure out another way. As much as God loves you and as much as God has appointed you to be and be used for a divine purpose, as much as God has brought you in and he's going to work through you, his divine purpose, as much as that's the case, if you don't want to do it, God will find someone else to do it. If it was up to humans, the church would be over. You know how many people decided that, man, later for the church, I'm not doing that. If it was up to us, the church wouldn't be going. So it's clear to me that Jesus Christ is the one that is taking care of the church. It's not us. Because we get to the place where we get sick and tired of being sick and tired and just tired of doing stuff. And I'm not doing that anymore. And blah, 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 blah. But the bottom line is we are not the ones that's carrying the church. It's the Lord Jesus Christ that's carrying the church. And I thank God that Jesus is the one that's carrying the church. It's not man. It's Jesus Christ. And when man fail and when man don't fulfill his divine purpose in the kingdom, then the Lord says, I love you. But guess what? My purpose will still be fulfilled. The question is, will you be a part of what I'm 
I'm doing or not, because part of your salvation is for you to get involved and fulfill your divine purpose for the kingdom of God. Will you be involved or will you just sit around and be silent? Esther was faced with a situation here. Continue to enjoy the goodness and prosperity of the palace and not be concerned about her people or possibly put herself in arm's way to save her people from annihilation and destruction. When you get saved, when you come to know who Jesus is, you repent of your sins, you're baptized in Jesus' name, you're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, and you're living, living a holy and righteous life. When you come to do that, if all you do is show up for service and, and just listen to the preaching, you're not going to heaven. Yeah, what? You need somebody to keep it real to you. That's the problem. Y'all listen to pre preachers in places that tell you something that sounds good so you can keep on doing wrong and not feel bad about it and think that you're going to make it in. How can you say that, preacher? Listen. Mordecai said to Esther, you can go and enjoy the good living. You can keep on enjoying the good living. Eat off of fine china. Use the gold silverware, you know, eat the finest food, wear the royal robe. You can chill and never do anything. But let me tell you something. If you don't take your responsibility serious, if you don't become accountable, if you don't use your authority and help the Jewish people who they're trying to kill, guess what? You will die in your father's house. That death will come right up in that palace for you. As much as you think you're safe and you're good, death will come for you because when your divine purpose comes to fruition, when it's time for you to walk in that divine purpose and you don't want to do it, you forfeit your salvation because God didn't just call you to be blessed. He called you to be a part of what he's doing. Thank God for an elder with wisdom, which in this case is her cousin Mordecai. He said to Esther, your silence and doing nothing does not mean you and your father's house will be saved. God will deliver his people one way or another. But if you stay silent, you will be destroyed. This is what I'm talking about, that your salvation comes with you doing something. And if you think just being saved and chilling is how you get to heaven, I've got bad news for you. It's not. You're going to have to get involved. You're going to have to walk in your divine purpose. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Helping to save others is often the best way to ensure your own salvation. Oh, y'all don't want to hear us preaching like this. You want me to tell you, you want me to start sing preaching? Uh, uh, oh, God. Isn't he great? Isn't he wonderful? Isn't he kind? The Lord is gracious. His mercy endured forever. He loves us more than anything else. He loved us while we were yet sinners. That's what you want me to go on doing? God didn't call me to do that. I'm sorry to disappoint you. The teaching of experience and history is that mere self-seeking is self-ruin. 
to save my children, I must help to save my neighbor's children. To, to, to one who inquire if the heathen can be saved, if we do not give them the gospel, you can inquire about that. But the better thing to say is, hey, guess what? If I don't get the gospel to the heathen, then I won't be saved. God has a divine purpose that includes you, but you must not forfeit it by resisting to get involved by staying silent. Can I slide this in? If you've ever been to a church service where they say, we want you to come to the altar today and we want you to pray. That one decision to stay seated in your seat might send you in the the downward spiral as opposed to walking in your divine purpose. Because remember what I tell you, one decision, one decision can get things rolling in the right way. One decision can get things rolled in the wrong way. Listen, some people, everybody have a different way of seeing the Joseph um, story in the Bible. This is the way that I see it. If Joseph never told his dream, I don't know how his story would have went. But when he told his dream, it just started the chains of actions. They were just going and going because the whole thing was he needed to get to Egypt. To become the one that will save them from the famine. If he didn't tell his dream, I don't know if he ever would have gotten to Egypt. Because his daddy wasn't taking him to Egypt. His daddy loved him, gave him a quarter of every cause. He wasn't taking him to Egypt. So how else was he going to get to Egypt? It had to be by ill intent. He was not getting to Egypt no other way except by ill intent. Oh, church, hear me. You might have been treated poorly. There might have been ill intent that came your way. But in order for you to get to heaven, in order for you to walk in your divine purpose, in order for heaven to be your home one day, you had to go down that road. You had to experience that hurt. You had to experience that pushback. You had to experience whatever you experienced that still hurt. But it's that hurt that's going to get you to where God needs to get you to. It's that disappointment that's going to get you to where God got to get you to. It's that thing that causes you to feel so isolated and so dismissive. It's that thing that's going to get you to where God wants you to be. So don't you despise it. Don't you be upset about it because man cannot stop God's plan for your life. No man, no woman, no situation can stop God's plan for your life. Only you can stop God's plan for your life. God has a divine purpose for you and only you can stop it. Nobody else. God brought Esther into the palace because he had a divine purpose for her life. And only Esther could have stopped it. Only Esther could have stopped it. Sis, you're going to stay silent or you're going to get involved and help us out. Only Esther could have determined what would happen. If you and I refuse to obey God to fulfill his divine plan, he can abandon us and he will find somebody else to fulfill his plan. I've seen it in the kingdom of God. 
I've seen how God just keep on going and keep on replacing those of us that don't want to fulfill his plan, don't want to do what he wants us to do. He just will. He would just find somebody else because this is his church. This is his kingdom. And he is the head of it. And he will continue to get the job done because he has a divine purpose for this earth, for this world. And guess what? He wants everybody to get involved that he wants to get involved. But if you don't, he still will get it done. Listen to me. There was a divine plan for Joseph's life, and he accepted it. There was a divine plan for Ruth's life, and she embraced it. There was a divine plan for the woman at the well's life, and she walked into it. There was a divine plan for your life. Will you submit to God and obey it? Jesus himself was the divine plan for the human race. And when he walked this earth, he said, not my will, but thine will be done. So even Jesus, who is God manifest in flesh, became human. Even Jesus decided that, guess what? There is a divine purpose that I'm here to fulfill, and I have to fulfill it in order for me to say, I've done it. I'll fulfill it. I had to do it. I couldn't just say it because I was God Almighty. And if God himself who manifested himself as a human and came to earth, if God did that and fulfilled his divine purpose, how do we escape fulfilling ours and still go to heaven? How does that work? How will we not fulfill our divine purpose and make it to heaven? You've got a divine purpose, and God is calling you to fulfill that divine purpose today. God is calling you to the kingdom of God for such a time as this. If you have never given your life to God, this is the time. You, you can't wait on tomorrow. You, you can't say, well, we're going to work it out. If you've never gotten it right by giving your life to God, repenting of your sins, getting baptized, being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, this is your time. We cannot play around with the time because if you look around all around, you will know God. I know we've been hearing that your return is at hand, but sure enough, there has never been any time like this time. There's no time like this time. The gospel couldn't have been preaching all the world till this kind of time. So 20 years ago, as much as they might have thought Jesus is coming, well, the gospel couldn't have been preached all around the world because we weren't as equipped to preach the gospel in every place in the world. But we certainly can preach the gospel in every place in the world now. And the Bible says, and this gospel will be preached in all the world. Then shall the end come. So the end is at hand. And Jesus is about to return to receive his church. It's time for us to make the decision to say, God, I want to fulfill my divine purpose. I cannot wait anymore. I can't linger anymore. I got to be in it to win it. I can't stay silent. I can't just sit on the pews. I can't just show up. I got to be in it to win it. I got to be doing something. I got to be living it. I got to be doing it. And stop doing paralysis or analysis by paralysis. Again, let's go back to who God is. Because you hear me sometimes and then your problems talk to you. What about this? You hear me preaching, your problems say, yeah, but what about this? You hear me. Your response to your problems is Jesus is my help. Jesus is my help. 
I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know if I can make it, but I do know this. Jesus is my help, and that's where my help comes from. And if I trust Jesus, and if I obey Jesus, I am going to be fine. I know I'm not capable. I know all the messed up stuff about myself. I know all the things I've done wrong, but guess what? What I've known is all I got to do is hold on to Jesus because that's where my hope is. No matter what I'm going through, I'm just going to hold on to Jesus because that's where my help is coming from. Listen to me. It doesn't matter how long Jesus takes to respond to you when you cry out to him. You're still in a better place when you keep on seeking God than when you give up on God. There's no help for you when you give up on God. There is no hope for you when you give up on God. There is no solution for you when you give up on God. So the best way to live is to keep on seeking God. Keeping, what the old time says, keep holding on to God's unchanging hands. Because guess what? Sooner or later when the time comes, his divine purpose will begin to flow in your life. And you will say to yourself, I had no clue how I was able to overcome. I had no clue how I got back up out of that situation. I had no clue how I started praying and talking in tongues and start living this life. I have no clue how I no longer want to smoke. I have no clue how I no longer want to drink. I have no clue how I no longer want to cuss anybody out. I have no clue how I can love people and not worry about them hurting me. I don't know how I came to that place. I don't know how I came to that place. All I know is Jesus did something in my life because he's got a divine plan. I know with me I am not capable. I cannot do it. I have to hold on to him. And even now in church as a Christian, every once in a while you take your eyes off Jesus and you find yourself slipping and you got to realize the only reason why I'm still here, the only reason why I'm still going is because I kept on reaching back for him. Every once in a while when I get weary and I start not paying attention and let go, I realize I'm slipping. Oh, let me hold on back to his hand. And that's what keeps me going. It's not because I'm better than you. It's not because you're better than me. It's because of who Jesus is. It's only because of who he is. It's not for any other reason. I love that about him because what he is asking us to do, none of us in here can look at anybody and say, well, you've got an advantage over me. None of us can say it. I told you the other day, I'm finishing here. I told you the other day when I went out to California for a little bit, I saw so clearly how our world is filled with classism more than we think because we want to rest on racism. Nonsense. Racism is for people that just absolutely have nothing. They're just broke, busted, have nothing. So they got to use whatever they can to try to get something. But for all of us who are, you know, little above poverty and middle class and upper class, it's not racism, people. It's not the color of your skin. It's classism. It's classism. When you see 25-year-old girls googly, googly, don't even, ain't fully mature, driving Rolls Royce to Starbucks, you say, what kind of world is this? You just haven't seen it. I've seen it. And so just travel a little bit and you'll see 
No, this is not about the color of my skin. This is about what they have and I don't have. This is about the quality of life they live that I don't live. That's what the world is about, and we're missing it. So here is the good news I've come to give you, that why wouldn't you want to come into the kingdom of God and live? Because then classism is gone. And listen, if there are churches that's trying to be classed, you know, utilize classism, you don't want to be there. But go, get into the right church where there's no classism going on. Obviously, there shouldn't be racism because racism is a sin. But just go where there's no classism because God's kingdom is for everyone. And guess what? We are all on the same level in the kingdom of God. There is no person more elevated. In the kingdom of God, we're right here. We're right here. We're right here. So you don't have to say, I got something you don't. You don't have to worry about what I can do and you can't because we're all right here. Pre preacher and all. We're all right here. Look at me. We're all right here, preacher and all. It doesn't matter if you're the maintenance person and I'm the preacher. We're right here. We're right here. It doesn't matter if you are the usher and you work all your visual. We're right here, right here, right here. That's why we need to get into the kingdom and stay in the kingdom of God because that's our only hope. Every place else you go, you're going to be fighting something. You don't fight anything in here but the devil and your flesh. God has a divine purpose for your life. And it's time you surrender. And embrace it. It's time you get in church. Stop playing around with church. Be in the, the, the congregation. Be together. You've been hearing me say this for the longest. And I'm done. I'm serious. I'm done. This is what I've been saying for the longest. Because God has a divine purpose. And God has equipped you with talent. You have to be with the body. Because what you need, Jamali, God has somebody already. What I said. Your solution is already in place. So what you need is already in place. So the deal is, if we will all come together all the time, everything we need is in the body. When you get a cut, who heals your cut? Did we miss that? I know the head is in control, but he has, he, has, he has put together a body to function that way. He put together a body where, guess what? We take care of ourselves. We are connected together. And so we help to make each other better. And so you can't do that by yourself. You have to do that when you show up. You're going to get better by just being in the body. We need to be with one another. Let's stand. There's a divine purpose for you. There's a divine purpose for you. Don't let that slip you. Don't overlook that and understand that God wants to do something miraculous in you and through you. I want you today to trust God. No matter what's going on in your life, I want you to trust God. No matter how difficult things may seem to you, I want you to trust God and just keep in mind, there's a reason why I'm dealing with this. There is a reason why all of this is going on because God has a divine purpose for me. I am sure Esther at some point had to get around other children and says, why I had to be the one to lose my mom and dad. Why I had to be the one 
to be living with my cousin. That don't even look good. Why I had to be the one struggling like this? I'm sure she had a complaints about her situation. And then when the day came and her cousin said to her, Esther, where you are, you are the solution. And we need you to go to the king and tell the king that his man Haman is trying to destroy all the Jews. And since you're the queen, he will listen to you. And they, they, didn't just, they didn't just do any kind of way and go to him any kind of way, though. What did they do? They started fasting and praying. Because you can't go see the king unless the king tell you to come see him. And so they started fasting and praying, preparing themselves so the will of God can be done. And they fasted and prayed. And Esther finally walked in to the palace. Scepter came out. She walked in. And she had this really lavish banquet, brought them in. And she told her husband, the king, what Haman, his boy, was trying to do to the Jews. And Haman, who had planned to destroy the Jews, him himself was hung from a gallow that he had prepared to hung Mordecai in. This is where old time people can say, when you dig one ditch, you better dig two. One for yourself. So when, so that's why you don't worry about people. When you follow your divine purpose... When they try to do to you, don't fight your battles. Let the Lord fight your battle. Leave them folks alone. Your focus just needs to be, let me trust God and fulfill the divine purpose. Let them go ahead and plan and plot for me because they will fall in the ditch, not me. And Haman was the one that was hung from the very gallow he prepared to hang Mordecai on. There was a divine purpose for Esther and God put her in the kingdom for such a time as that and I'm here to tell you church I feel strongly God led me to this text to minister to you God has brought you to this place today for such a time as this this is a message and a word from God for every one of you here today it is your time to come into the kingdom of God and to say Lord I am ready now to fulfill my divine purpose in you I'm not going to get distracted anymore I'm not going to go in my own way anymore I'm not going to let my hurt or anything that happened to me stop me from my divine purpose that's the message from God today for you so will you pray before you leave here in just seeking God to guide you and lead you so you can walk in your divine purpose father in the name of Jesus Christ we're thankful for your word today we're thankful for you bringing us together and allowing us this opportunity to hear your word Lord God now Lord you said your word will not go out and return unto you void I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that your word will accomplish that which you set it out to accomplish. For, Lord, you know every person's situation. You know every person's heart that is in this house today. Now, Lord, I pray that you will work your work in them. That, Lord, you will bring them through, Lord God. That you will lead them, Lord God, toward their divine purpose. Oh, God, stir us up. Wake us 
up, Lord God. Lift us, Lord Jesus, that we will not just be silent anymore, that we will not just say, it is not my business, it is not my concern, but we will come to the place of total surrenderance where we will realize we must be accountable, we must be responsible, and we must exercise the authority that you have given us. I pray today that somebody will take up the charge and go forward. I pray today that somebody will say, yes, Lord, I will do what you want me to do. I will go where you want me to go. I will stand on your word. I will look to you as my help, for my help coming from you, Lord God. I pray today, Lord, that somebody will surrender their life and give their life to you. If you're here today and you've never given your life, you can give your life today and not wait any longer. Let God help you. Let God save you today. Let God renew you and restore you. Let God heal you and deliver you in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, bless our families here today. Let your hand be upon them, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Will somebody just lift their hands today and surrender to the Lord and sincerely, sincerely say, God, I want to fulfill my divine purpose in you. God, I want to live a Christian life that is pleasing to you. God, I want to be faithful. God, I want to be holy. God, I want to be righteous. God, I want to experience the things that you have in store for me. You have a great inheritance for me, God. You have provision for me, God. Oh, Father, you have designed me to walk as royalty, to live as royalty. Lord, you are my protection. Oh, God, you are my defense. You are my shield, my buckler, my exceeding and great reward. You are the one that grants me favor. You are the one, Lord God, that provides me opportunity. Now, Lord, I humble myself and I say yes to your will. Yes to your purpose. Yes to your divine purpose, Lord God. Bless the homes of every person here, Lord God. And I pray, Lord Jesus, their faith will increase and that they will trust you like they've never trusted you. We give you the honor today. We give you the praise today. For there is none like you. There is none like you. There is none like you. Come on, somebody. Lift your voice. Thank the Lord today. Bless his name today. Oh, God, you're worthy. Oh, God, you're worthy. Oh, God, you're worthy. Oh, God, you're worthy. Oh, God, we praise you. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's clap our hands and praise him. Come on, let's clap our hands and bless his holy name. The Lord is great and greatly to be praised. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God bless you, church. Have a great rest of your day. We love you. We have beef patties on sale. Don't forget, go get your beef patties.